Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that loves, just loves killing dogs. I'm Alex. Oh, come on. When, wow, when you're a long haul trucker, there's only one thing you have on your mind after hour 16 on the road, and that's tipping some drinks and singing along to some dancing teenagers or (laughs) early 20s, if nothing else. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Chapter 89, Reservoir Dogs. And in case you couldn't hear it, Pete is already cracking that beer because he can't take it. Yeah, <laughs> I really can't take it. I can't it's take fun. it. I'm checking it's fun out. Alex and I do these like character intros in voice, mm-hmm. and your character intro is cracking a beer. <laughs> yep. Yep. That is, that really gets to the core of Pete's character. Now, for this episode, this is coming right off of the Hiram-focused episode, which is a very focused, very character-focused flashback episode. This yep. one, we're yes. right back into it with Riverdale. Woo, just oh, turn it up to 11. You know, I, I'll tell you what. Like, there was a lot of fun Welcome stuff back. in this episode. It definitely was like... At the halfway point, I did a check-in of, okay, where are we with these plots, right? So Veronica and Reggie are off doing whatever they're doing with stocks. I barely understand sexual, what's happening. Sexual tension is what oh, they're Oh, stop it. Yeah, yes. the market. That was a bull market, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I actually that's exactly don't know what, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah right. I don't think and you know. Archie is off with some dogfighting thing. Betty is fighting truckers. Jughead. Not even there. Nope. Not a character. Cheryl was starting was another ever? cult, arguably a cult. I think we'll get <laughs> oh, into that. Yeah, yeah. So lots going on. Classic Riverdale in this yes. episode. Classic. Classic. I did want to give a shout out first to a member of the staff here. Uh, Gabriel, not our staff. Gabriel no, Coria. Yeah, we don't have a staff. <laughs> yeah, we are the shout staff. Shout out to the staff. Shout out to Paul. Uh, <laughs> drums. Uh, 
Shout yeah. out to Steve, uh, our producer. Shout out to uh, Johnny. All my staff, all, by the way. Dudes, all bad. We have no all bad. Come on, that's <laughs> rich. Sorry, I'm progressive. Put in a Sheila. Or Gabriel Correa, who directed this episode, has directed a ton of Riverdale episodes. Guy knows his way around a camera. This was a really, really good looking episode with a bunch of really nice shots in it. That's all. What? I just wanted to mention that before I forgot. What? The director of the episode. I thought it was really nice looking. Oh, okay. I think it was too. And especially in an episode that moved so quickly between stories, we still got to see some nice visuals, not only of the sort of more dynamic scenes like the um, uh, dancing uh, on the bar or the religious ceremony, um, a lot of singing, obviously, but even I'm- in the, the, um, the Veronica Reggie stuff, like that was fun. That was really well laid out. And we got mm-hmm. to see them really like being emotional, falling in like, if not love. Stop. Stop. Man, Stop. Monica is strong. That's where the power is right now in this show. Oh, there's definitely something going on there, and we'll get into wait, it. Wait, I want to give a shout out yes. to the wardrobe department because, mm-hmm. you know, those FBI, you can take away her gun and her badge, but you better take a bunch of FBI paraphernalia and really nice looking jackets as well. Mm-hmm. Because the wardrobe, uh, Glenn, uh, we're jumping all over the place here. But Glenn did not ask for her jacket. He asked for a gun and her badge. Or she never <laughs> extra jackets that she also <laughs> yeah. rocks with. Yeah. Next time, next time he's gonna ask for the jackets. All right, anyway, give me the jackets, the hats, the, the sneakers, the sweatpants, <laughs> yeah, the and socks. the vehicle, yeah. the van, and tank that has FBI painted in yellow yeah. on the side. Yeah, you can yeah. keep the tote bag because that's fine. We want to advertise the FBI at the supermarket, so keep <laughs> we, that. We but the rest of the stuff. And definitely the big, the big rig truck that you requisitioned and somehow <laughs> own now, we're going to want that back too. <laughs> so we're, we want to get into the episode uh, at the end, if there's time, and hopefully there'll be a little time. We've got a bunch of questions and theories and comments on the episode from all of you folks out there on Twitter. Yes, yeah, so you get your time, okay, Pete. Right, yeah. We'll definitely have your time. I, I yield just want to make time. Sure, uh, sure we have time for the nice folks that wrote in as well. So let's jump into well, it. Well, one question real quick just to be yeah, out there. Do you think that did Betty zip car her big rig or was it like a, a rental from uh... Uh, real quick? Do you think that after they shot and edited the episode, they looked at each other and said, I don't know, reservoir dogs? <laughs> There's dogs in there. There's That's dogs. why. And they're probably yeah. fighting in a reservoir. We didn't get to see that. Oh, okay. the reservoir right. is where yeah. everyone's drinking water comes from. Right. And at the end of the episode, if you look closely in the There was no the slow kennel, motion, like, walk sequence. No, The dogs like, were wearing adorable little black and white suits. It was very cute. <laughs> very cute. Nobody wants to be Mr. Pink. Come on. Mm-hmm. They, and the dog, I mean, I hate to say it, but the dog was missing part of an ear, which is a classic phrase for our dogs thing as well. So... Oh, wow. Just, wow. Just that was, that's there. the nod right there. Mm-hmm. I was looking for it. So thank you for pointing it's, that out. might I say, a deep cut. <laughs> wow. I would say so. Wow. So we have a bunch of different trains running here. Again, in classic Riverdale fashion, we have a, a number of storylines that may or may not connect, depending on how you look at it. They certainly weave together, I think, a little more nicely than usual, just because people are actually referring to what's going on in the other storylines. I know that's mm. a little move, but... I kind of appreciated those things, even those things in the middle where Alice was like, Archie's off with his dog thing, whatever that is. So I'm going to be filling in for fags over here. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it did. And it helps mm-hmm. to just a little bit of a uh, littlest bit of uh, ligature between the, the different plot lines really helped a lot. 
I, yeah, it's great I mean to that, see things. Sincerely, because I think that's something that people ask for a lot, like, and, and there's a utility in not having those lines and those check-ins all the time, but the fact that there were little things like people name-checking Tony, even though she wasn't there, and her role in the show is much appreciated. So, jumping into it, we got Archie at war. Jackson's leg has been blown off. Of course, oh. it's a dream. There's a crash mm. downstairs, and it turns out Eric Jackson has a gun. He attacks Archie, and yeah, then Uncle Frank... Intense. But luckily, down. Yes. you have a jacked uncle who can choke out your friend for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, people wonder, like, why would you, you know, kind of uh, you know, be so close with a, a jacked uncle like that? And that's exactly right, right there. <laughs> yeah, people yeah. are always wondering why you would be so close with a jacked uncle. That's yeah. one yeah. of the number Pete, one things keep, I think about. Where do you keep your jacked uncle? Like in a <laughs> separate house? Like a jacked yeah, uncle house? Yeah, you keep as a separate house that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you, you take care of. So should they have named, this is the big thing I was wondering out of the episode, should they have named Uncle Frank Uncle Jack? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Because he's so jacked. Yeah. But he's also very frank. He doesn't, he doesn't pussyfoot around. Wow. He's very direct. Yes. Wow. So the thing that I thought was interesting about this storyline in particular, we could kind of, honestly, I think, speed through it a little bit. There's a lot of stuff that happens, but it's essentially... Uncle Frank is like, Jackson is having some sort of trauma, PTSD from being at war. I'm going to get them a stray dog that I found next to a dumpster. The dog Uh hides in a closet. That's a big plot point at one point. Archie is still having these dreams. Archie reveals to Frank that it's because of Bingo, a dog that they lost at war, who died at war. Turns out, huge shocker at the end of the episode. Because there's a lot of dogs at war. People don't know. Yeah, no, everybody. The dogs dogs. at war. That's some dogs at war, yeah. So at the end of the episode, it turns out Bingo is a person. His name is. Yes, thank you. Because it's a he. Oh, my God. Wow. Pete had the answer to the mystery the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't understand, guys. Bingo was his name. His name. And Archie goes a little nuts taking down the dog ring. Uh, Frank ultimately sets up an adoption center at the El Royale. It's great. Finally, wow. there's another business at Ray the El Royale. sunshine into that place. They are never going to get all the dog hair out of there. That's all I'm saying. Like, I don't, I don't really have pets, but I do know I moved into an apartment where there were cats and there was cat hair the entire two years I was living there. Yeah. Yeah. I also didn't clean. I know. Also, you you complain about that constantly, Alex. Mm -hmm. The cat hair, the cat hair. I'm allergic to cats. I'm dying. I have a hairball. (laughs) I'm starting to use the litter box instead of a toilet. I hate. There's a cat clawing my face. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. Why do I buy all these cats? Yeah. We all great. Pete is a real cat man. He has a a lovely cat. That's right. Mm -hmm. And the name of your cat, ironically, (laughs) is, is Barchi, right? Yeah. No, it's not. It's not. That's a... It's a lot longer than that. But anyways. Yeah, so just to finish up the storyline, what happens is it turns out it's actually Archie's trauma, not Eric's trauma that's going on there. And at the end of the episode, Archie, who's been trying to get in touch with the VA the entire time, gets a call from them in the middle of the night, maybe, or something like that. It uh, slightly feel unclear. like a weird time for that call. I mean, mm-hmm. he was definitely sleeping. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and still dreaming of war and uh, figuring out exactly what happened to him at war. He needs help as well, and he seems to see the ghost of Bingo. So that's that's in total. That's kind of rushing through it a little bit, but that's kind of go yeah, what's going on with Archie's storyline. The thing that was... A weird swerve to me is starting with Eric having the trauma, but then moving over to Archie's trauma. What did you think about that? What did you think about that turn? 
Oh, do you go? You go ahead, Justin. No, you. Oh well, thanks. I think uh, Riverdale is like, okay, what situation can we quickly handle poorly and just kind of move on to an insane another situation? <laughs> well, we could probably uh, post traumatic stress. Okay, check. We'll do that. Uh, you know, just like giant rings where people fight and kill dogs. Yep. Okay, great. I. It's well, really impressive how they're hitting everybody. Like everybody gets it a little bit. You know what I mean? Like whatever kind of like thing can go wrong, they're going to cover it. Well, but here's the thing. They're not saying this issue, the PTSD isn't solved for mm-hmm. Archie or Jackson. Like, yeah. if anything, I think it's just this is a, this is a serious issue, um, both in yeah. real life. And I think it's a serious issue. It's treated seriously in this episode. It's just wild to cut in and out of this with like we opened Coyote Ugly at the <laughs> underneath the diner in town. So, like, I think it's the juxtaposition that makes it feel like, are we taking this seriously? But I do think like. We get into Archie's trauma. We see it from with his eyes. We see it from outside. We realize it's serious. And it's something like when he beats up the dude from the uh, dog fighting ring, yeah. I was like, yo, dude, mm-hmm. that's too much. And it's like you, you're mad at him for being cruel to dogs. And then you like almost murder him. So it, it, it's the expression of it is there. It just feels weird next to, um, you know, the crazy stock market. We specifics that <laughs> Reggie was. I, I mean, I think to the point that you're making, Justin. The reason, and I under, I hear what you're saying, Pete. Like I'm, I'm there with you. Certainly, while I was watching the episode, I was like, "What's happening with this story? <laughs> What's going on here exactly?" But I think the face that they leave it, the fact that it is not solved, that it is ongoing, and it is something that we're very specifically based on the promo going to be dealing with in the next episode, even get further into this. The fact that they tie it back to Archie's overall anxiety about having to fix all of the entire town by himself, even though he's yeah. not, everybody else is in on this plan. Everybody else is working for him, but you understand that weight on his shoulders of this is all up to me. Ultimately I have this hero complex and that's what he's trying to work through. I think it, ultimately ended up in a place where it dealt really well, not just with the PTSD arc in this episode, but also Archie's character and growth in general, and also tied into forgetting the first three episodes, you know, the time jump, if you look at that as the season premiere, the idea of this as a season, that he has at war, he came back, and he is in a new type of war here in Riverdale, and he doesn't know how to deal with what's going on in Riverdale because he hasn't properly processed what just happened to him. Yeah, sure. and, yeah. and he's going to need help, is what it. Well, the that you know, kudos to have him uh, be also uh, be like, hey, I put me also in there. I need help as well. Like for mm-hmm. him to you know get that for himself is, is great. And it's just a credit that. for the sh- a credit to the show that they're able to um, weave these plots together. I feel like there are just so few shows that could handle so much at one time. It truly is a big rig of a television show. Can we? Let's talk about who's going to help him because this has been a huge debate. One this last thing. On. Oh yeah. One last thing before we, before move on. we start um, yelling at each other. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Um, it, I think it's it's interesting. For the first dog, Archie's dog, Vegas. Mm-hmm. This dog's name is Bingo. A lot of gambling names. Mm-hmm. Wow. What's with all this gambling yeah. they're doing? With What's with dogs? all the dogs that I, died this episode? That was legitimately the saddest part of the episode. Was they're like, oh yeah, Vegas died yeah. years ago. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I, Alex, dogs don't live forever. They um, When they go to a farm uh, upstate, it's not oh, the farm from Riverdale. They're not in a cult. 
their uh, Seems like maybe. <laughs> yeah. What about what about cats though? Because I lived in this apartment for two years, and there was enough cat hair that I was able to build a cat of my own mm-hmm. that could just mm-hmm. kind of sat there, just like made out of cat. It didn't do much, right. but yeah. I think that's still alive. It is. That cat lives inside of a briefcase where on one end of the briefcase oh is a, a food dish and on the other end of the briefcase is a litter box. This is a horrible idea. This Speaking of which, what's going on with Toffee? Glad it, I'm yeah. sorry to jump into this. Glad and Betty had a whole conversation. Didn't mention Toffee Didn't once. Didn't bring up the cat one Didn't time. Didn't bring up the cat. One time. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Betty, I'm going to need your gun and badge. Toffee is fine. I still have Toffee. Like, yeah. does, that, well, I, does that cost you anything? How hard is that? How hard is that? Glenn, yeah, is somebody it, charging you not to say word? this? No, guys, Glenn is a mobile cat owner. His jacket, big flowy jacket, yeah. he's got a bunch of litter litter <laughs> in the bottom of his pockets. And Tuffy's just living in his pocket. Oh, I will right. show us that then. Yeah. Put us at ease. Because um, otherwise, don't have Glenn if you're mm-hmm. not going to, you know, give us Glenn. Now, wait, what, I was go, gonna, what I was saying yeah, before about the dogs is I do think that because of the gambling themed dog names, I think eventually we're going to get to dogs playing poker um, oh, as a main feature oh, of the nice. TV show Riverdale. That's really beautiful. I was hoping war, you know what I mean? But oh, it, they're playing war? Yeah, yeah. A little, a little too close to home. A little too close to home right now? All right. All right. No, yeah. Wow. I Let's get back to the point of who is going to help Archie, because, again, big, big subject of debate online today, specifically because, and I'll just feed this right up to you, Justin, there were a bunch of scenes that people paralleled between what was going on with Betty this episode and what was going on with Archie, to the point of them both waking up in bed rather suddenly, immediately looking at their phones. And one big thing that I'll point to that maybe supposition, maybe a writer playing with us, who knows. But there was the shot of when Archie wakes up and he says he needs some help. There is light pouring in through his window. And as we all know, there was the big conversation about Archie being the light through Betty's window before they broke up from the friends with benefits thing. Evan Kyle, the writer of the episode, posted that shot and said something to the effect of, "Ooh, boy, who's going to help Archie here? Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. And Evan, as far as I know, is straight up openly a Barchi stad. So, yes, I'm I'm feeding it to you, but take it away. The floor is yours. I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense there. The way uh, I feel like to really understand uh, to read the Riverdale tea leaves, you have to look at the macro because you got um, Betty and Archie paralleling a little bit. Jughead, he's he's perpendicular. He's out of here. He's he's (laughs) doing his. He's not even narrating anymore. Um, so he's doing his own thing. Um, and then you got an, another couple forming over here with Veronica and Reggie. Very much the way they were making eyes at each other. Uh, it just, don't get sidetracked. He's asking about the, the specific thing. If you're not going to talk about that, I'm going to have to cut you off. Okay, so oh, listen. Wow. Okay, well, so I just want to put there as a Barchi stand from the very beginning of this podcast. 100% agree with you, Justin. Go ahead. Go ahead, Pete. Go ahead, Pete. Okay, so get out of here. You don't ever so fight. Sh- you. Sometimes what happened, guys, and Justin, I'm surprised you didn't jump on this since you're classically trained, and I assume you've been on uh, sets and stuff like that. But what mm-hmm. happens is sometimes in between stuff, there's like a cool moment on set. Somebody captures it. There's usually someone with a camera there. You know, so a lot of cameras. Famously, a lot of cameras on set. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's my point. So you get a good shot, then you're showing it around the set, and then somebody's like, you know, it'll be fun. Post that online, kind of maybe put some breadcrumbs on the ground. Don't fall for it. 
Don't fall for it. There's and, nothing going on next door. They tried Pete, it. It was hot for a bit. It's over. Pete, I just want to say, as a bughead stan, I completely agree with you, and I think we're following <laughs> the wrong direction on all of these breadcrumbs. You did you try to jump on the Barchi stan wagon for quite some time, and I'll tell you what, Alex, the stan wagon is full. <laughs> with the real heads. With the real heads. Yeah. And I'll tell so you what, see what happens. I will say I will say this that regardless of anything in any standing, if legitimately it was something in the script that was we know their the relationship is going to deepen, they're going to get closer towards the end of the season. It makes a lot of sense after Betty and Jughead hash out whatever is going on with them, which we know is coming down the road, they're gonna have some sort of big conversation. If Betty and Archie then figure out a way to deal with their shared trauma not even shared trauma, but the each individual trauma they have, whether it's romantic or not, that's a good place for the show to head in. But if they are legitimately presaging that with a light through the window, with these parallel scenes and everything, that's great. I love that. Like, I would okay. love for that to happen. All right. I, I'm this. If you're going to keep bringing up the parallel scenes, I hate to bring it to you guys, but if you put cameras in anybody's like houses, people get up in the morning. Okay. So they're going to be <laughs> people getting up at the same time all over the place. It happens all the time. So you kind of pointing that out as a thing. Yeah, that is true. Now that Pete says it, I do, I do remember that people wake up all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be, I stand up all night, <laughs> all night long. <laughs> I do think get to bed. Anyway, let's get back to the plot. Uh, so we talked about Archie's stuff. Uh, let's move over to Tabitha and Betty since we're starting to talk about Betty anyway. Who Love knew the, that these guys were such a team? Well, after you go, you do some drugs together, you have some fun, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to be a little closer. I'm going to throw something out here that uh, may be a little controversial. So this storyline, great. Love Tabitha and Betty together. Very happy about it. I love them being friends. I love Tabitha working with other people that aren't just Jughead. I know we were worried that she would be segmented into that part of the show for a while, and it doesn't feel like she is. Uh, So that's awesome. This is frustrating for me a little bit because this feels like the place that they were going with Tony at one point and then completely Mm. swerved away. So... That's all. It just it reminded me of the fact that like Tony was starting to be the investigator with Betty, yeah, working with Betty. I yeah. think back in season she three just, or something like she's that. She's gonna be back, man. Just be cool. It's gonna Absolutely, be right. and I would love to see that. She's uh, having a baby. It, it yeah, just reminded me. Of Give that. her it some just, time, it, would you please? It, it's fine. It's all fine. I'm fine with it. It's just. It, well, I'm fine. Think about I'm this. Fine. Yeah, you seem Doesn't fine. Seem, yeah, yeah, you seem yeah. really I'm upset. Doing fine. You're like that could have been Tony, and I'm really upset about it. Well, but Alex, think about this. Maybe Tony's on the case and she's investigating the baby's involvement involvement in this. Uh, Uh, She's staring at the baby that's growing in her tum-tum. And is like, what's going on with you? What's your deal? Well, she's, yeah, what, how are you connected with? Maybe Tony's masterminding a whole bunch of stuff we're not even realizing right now. Because all you got to do to get to that baby is follow the uh, umbilical cord. (laughs) It leads every time to that baby. Every time? So Tabitha and Betty's storyline, again, to kind of walk through that a little bit. So Tabitha repeatedly is begging Betty to be careful as she goes on the road, as she tracks down these truckers. Betty's like, yep, got it. It's nerve-wracking every time she goes out there. I'm freaking, oh, I've aged so much in this. Well, I'll get back to something that I think, Justin, you mentioned a long time ago on this podcast, maybe last season, is... That uh, we don't see Jughead this episode, but Jughead and Betty without each other, Jughead doesn't know how to be creative. He has no inspiration. And Betty is a rogue element. Like she needs Jughead to hold her back for being a crazy person who is getting in trucks with truckers. 
So okay. I think that's, okay. a, that's right. a little First bit of what's going that's, on here. That's an insane statement. Okay. Two individuals, they can live their own lives, do their things. I agree with what's behind it, that they make each other better when they're together. And I think mm-hmm. that's the important thing you're saying. You just rather they Calling be Calling them psychopaths on themselves. It's not really a good look for you. You should look at that a little bit. It's, it's not that they're psychopaths on themselves. I feel like I have a right to say this on the podcast. That's all okay. I'm saying. Okay, fine. Uh, uh, I don't know what's, uh, how to deal with this now. <laughs> Too confusing. Too confusing and I'm talking to you. Uh, <laughs> But uh, Pete, I don't think it's saying they're both psychopaths, but they both need – they're both each other's stabilizing element, um, at least in the way that they acted before. I think that's true, especially in the past for Jughead. He messed up so bad that he had to get in a big rig truck with a perhaps killer yeah. to go back to New York to go deal with a hot dog situation that he never resolved. Oh, man. <laughs> and Betty's uh, practically uh, – in his defense, I feel the same way because I want to go back to New York because I realized I could have eaten more hot dogs. You know what I mean? Mm, nice. Did you there see the news though, I that was every hot, hot dog you eat, every hot dog you eat apparently takes 35 minutes off of your life. So that worth it doesn't worth have a lot it. of time left. That's all I'm saying. It also takes 35 minutes off your day because you're going to need a hot dog. <laughs> <after> <laughs> one of those bangers. You got to get out the um, knife. You got to get out the fork. Really take your time with that hot dog. Um, and on the Betty side, I think she's a rogue element. She, Like you said, Alex, she's ostensibly trying to track down where Polly is, who she thinks is alive but also thinks is dead. She never – she mentioned Polly like once in this episode. She's obsessive about just like – How many times she got to mention her for you? Because she uh, – what, I'm, my, what I'm saying is I think Betty is obsessed with putting herself in danger because she's dealing with perhaps a trauma from the trash bag killer or just from like – Life changing, perhaps she's or yeah, perhaps she's, she's going through a lot and she's trying to save her sister. What else is there? Perhaps she's in love with like a close friend and trying to deal with that. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I guess Tabitha? this is jumping all over the place, definitely. And I do want to get back to Tabitha and Betty because that is a big, fun, ridiculous storyline that happens in the episode. But just talking about the trauma of it all, we are talking about. Betty and Archie both have this trauma in their past they need to deal with. That seems to be a major theme of the season. Jughead, we know, too. We're going to be dealing with that next episode. He went back to New York to really figure out what went on because he blocked it out of his memory. What about Veronica, though? Because we know her trauma point, I guess, is the helicopter crash. But we haven't really looped back to that at all in a while, right? Well, she's trying to live her Wolf of Wall Street, and you're not going to... If you're, you know, kind of live in that mindset, you're not going to stop. And then, you know, you'll really look at your life and and values at that point. But I, you're- I also, I also think Veronica is the most uh, like aware of herself in that way. Like I think she's able to process trauma like that and move on. Like she is a little bit like Hiram. She, you know, you can't a keep bit. her down. She keeps moving. So I don't know. Of all of them, I feel like maybe she's the one that actually has sort of dealt with it and maybe doesn't need to deal with it anymore. Well, she's also arguably, you know, when she's away from Archie, maybe, you know, not doing so well, you know, maybe she needs a little bit more. Oh, really? You know, you thought in this episode she wasn't doing well? She made like tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, lying to people. She doesn't have de- – like she's taking people's money. She's That's fucking not, up somebody's no, life. No, 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 This is how money works, Pete, is you buy things that don't exist and then you get more money for them. That's oh. right. Just like oh, me, yeah. money never sleeps. And I think we saw She's a lot She's fucked of over that. a lot of people. That's not going to be good. No. she. I don't think she has. I 
I barely understand, and this is to 100% seriously respond to what you were just saying. I don't understand anything about money or stocks or investments or anything like that, but I do think she pretty clearly explains at the beginning that this is not a scam. What Hiram is doing is a scam, but mm-hmm. she is creating a essentially what all of stocks and all investment is, is you're investing to get more money on the money. Like There doesn't need to be a product it's just the company that you're investing in that's going to go upwards. So, so you think I, she's taking that money and she's going to invest it wisely for those people? Absolutely, that's exactly what she says. To, yeah. Oh wow. She's open. It's, she has a great idea. She's going to open an, another club with more dancing <laughs> below. Uh, the wow. She did. She opened up a business. What was it called? Posh and Bubbles or whatever. Yeah. The two of uh, them. Pearls and Pearl and Posh. Pearls and Posh. Uh, inside of her jewelry store. So she's running an entirely different business inside of her jewelry store. Classic Veronica. Smart. Yeah. Classic uh, nesting egg of a business. Exactly. Russian doll of business. It's just like when I tried to open um, a uh, gap inside of an Old Navy. Mm -hmm. I tried to open up a Pizza Hut inside of a KFC, and everybody told me I was bad. And now it's the way things are done. You exactly. gotta have a Taco Bell, otherwise, what are you doing? I tried to open my own personal ball pit inside of a McDonald's play place, and boy, did I get beat up! <laughs> you can't really, with that background, you can't say I tried to open up anything. Oh, you mean because I'm in a weird basement? Yeah, because uh, you're in a psychopath's oh, literal background, basement. not like yeah. the background of. Well, you know what happened with Justin's ball pit. <laughs> Please don't don't bring don't it up. bring up don't bring up. Don't bring Let's up. get back to Betty and Tabitha. So they meet a trucker. It turns out to be an FBI agent, as we mentioned. Glenn You're, is doing uh, a sting. I'm FBI. No, 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 no. I'm FBI. You can't be FBI. I'm FBI. How much return do you think they were getting on that sting operation? A lot of like yeah. very horny <laughs> female truck drivers who are like soliciting and going what? after. But Betty's right. Not to be sexist or anything. Not even a truck driver, but they're like, finally, we've arrested another woman randomly seducing (laughs) truckers. Yeah. Like, like, Betty was right. She's like, what are you doing? You're going after the wrong people. It's, uh, uh, it was a good point. That's 100%. But Betty did you know is, that actually 80% of FBI cases are where they're just uh, arresting other people also doing an FBI thing? <laughs> yeah. It's a classic I believe that. I uh, believe standoff that. situation. I thought it would be like out. FBI arresting CIA and just vice versa. Yes. So I mean, I guess what they're actually doing is they're going after the prostitutes like Polly, who were prostituting themselves on the lonely highway. It just was a weird way of explicating that in terms of Buddy yeah. as also a trucker and also an FBI agent. So it was very funny. Funny, funny. How about the line from Betty? I should have stabbed you harder when I had the chance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. That was she's good. not doing. I don't it. know what you're saying. Betty's doing great, man. She's killing it. And then Tabitha and Betty immediately come up with a coyote ugly inspired plan exactly. yeah. to lure the truckers to the reservoir dogs. You get it, reservoir dogs. I yes, I love this because they're like, "How do we get truckers here?" And they're like, "Oh, I know, an elaborate dance club." When I was like, "Lower the price of coffee five cents, and every <laughs> trucker will be there." Yeah, it's saying free truckers drink for free, free coffee. Yeah. Here's, oh, here's bathroom my question. open this to the is... public. Every trucker is going to stop. You're going to get truckers <laughs> drunk is your idea, then send them off in their truck. That's your plan. This is. This is a perennial question about Riverdale, and it's fine, and I don't actually want to know the answer to this, but when did they practice that number? Like, everybody is so busy doing so many other things. When did they all get together and practice that number to poison? 
You know, I think uh, they just know it. You know, it's they just, know just yeah, they're okay, just, just like DNA. Yeah, maybe during yeah. the seven-year time jump, we're gonna go back. We're gonna flash back to the seven-year <laughs> time rehearsing. jump. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, it's so twenty yeah. numbers to rehearse. Yeah, okay. that's why Jughead feels left out because he's not a dancer. <laughs> Everyone else was just did one full year of choreo. Yeah. So they do this coyote ugly plan while the truckers are distracted inside watching the hot girls dance. They're going to, uh, who was it? It was uh, Kevin and Reggie, right? Are looking in the yeah. trucks. They're going to take the little license plates numbers. Um, they uh, find blood in one of the trucks, but yeah. it's just cow's blood. So it's no big deal. That was a very fun, funny scene. Uh, and then at the end, Betty is walking out and sees Oof. a trucker who seems pretty sketchy. He's got some blood on his door handle. So yeah, she does. gets in with him, even though Tabitha once again is like, don't do anything. This stupid is driving me crazy. Like, I'm screaming at my fucking screen going, don't get in there. Who's your backup? You can't just text Tabitha. That isn't enough. Uh, apparently it was because it they pull over to the side of the road. The trucker, in fact, is seemingly going to kill her. He's got oh, a knife. When he, he says like, you know, oh, yeah. There's nothing better than watching the life come out of somebody's eyes. Have like you ever Patty seen that though? It is pretty cool. The throat. It's very cool. <laughs> what? Yeah, I I yeah. hang out at hospitals a lot, and I like oh to watch my, people die. Oh my god! And, uh, and it's nice. You know, Riverdale is <laughs> yes. not as fucked up as you are. Do you realize what I just said out loud? <laughs> It's true. Yes, he's super, super creepy. He has a great chainsaw fight with her. Love the way this was shot. Love the way this all played out. Ultimately, she beats him with a wrench. And her decision is to not turn. She straight up boomerangs at him. Straight up, like, throws a strike, like, 90 miles an hour. Right in the, f- I mean, so cool. just full on last of the Mohicans, this <laughs> random dude knocks him the fuck out. Oh. I was like, I was <laughs> like, Betty, <laughs> yes. And she ultimately makes the decision to hold on to the trucker yes. and interrogate him herself. In quotes, interrogate him in this location, which we all know is the sex bunker. Like, I mean, the location when- is her, apparently like, I think it's her uh, uh, garage or something like that, based on the shots. Well, the no matter where it is, I was like, Tabitha's like, where do we take her? And like, Betty's got a place. I'm like, it's going to be either her house or the sex bunker. Like, <laughs> yeah, Tabitha should have been worm. like, yeah. It's it's a booth or below pops. the white worm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, so that's what's going on with this storyline. Uh, we can probably jump over to Veronica since we touched on that. So Veronica and Reggie, as we mentioned, are working together to sell some stonks. They do really well. Stonks. Reggie stonks. really wants to work with her. They ultimately end up. I, I feel like the point of this oh, storyline beyond moving Reggie and Veronica closer together was also Very to close. reveal or at least double down on exactly what's going on with Hiram's plan for Sodal, which turns out to be nothing. There's nothing there, as I think we knew. Yep. Or uh, I believe you mentioned at some point, they ultimately beat Hiram at his own game uh, and start up a successful business. And then they're going to go back to it tomorrow. And that's pretty much it. Uh, uh, but what do you think? So I mean, dangerous. again. I feel like anti Varchis were like, nope, nothing going on there. And veggies are like, gay bod. Where, I mean, where do you lie? First I, off, 100% they were lie. not even in the same frame. A lot of the time, they were just focusing on their job. It would look yeah. very professional. Pete, get out of here. They were not in the same frame like, hey, because they were making what do you want to do up- now? And she was like, fucking get your ass away from me. She was like, nah. They spent a lot of the episodes standing in that office, staring at each other, being like, I'm so turned on right now by money and you, and let's do this. 
they were, they, they, I mean, there were so many shots of just Veronica being like, I like what's happening right now. It's so, I feel like it's so right there. Man Monica is on its way. I I think so too. I mean, that's kind of where I'm leading. Whether it'll stick around, we'll see. But I feel like this was a midway point where it was, Reggie was evil. Last episode, we got Reggie's redemption story. Now he's back on. This episode was him winning himself back to the side of the good guys with Veronica. And then I, I didn't get any sparks from this episode, but I think we're going to see that going forward, particularly as Archie is off dealing with his own trauma. He's not necessarily going to be there to interact in a positive way with Veronica. And I think Reggie will. Yeah. I mean, Plus, the only thing I, I'll say about this is. Reggie is an unbelievable salesman. He can sell you cars, stocks, makeup shit. That guy is, he is the closer. I give him credit. And the secret is having eight clocks on the wall of your jewelry store office. (laughs) Um, I think we all know that. Uh, But I also think this sets up an interesting dynamic that we perhaps didn't see coming. Uh, We always thought it was going to be Archie versus Chadwick. I think it might be Reggie versus Chadwick, which I think is a better matchup. Oh, Oh, I like that. I do like that. Because they could get Reggie a, Reggie's going to pull some, some dirty oh, tricks. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Reggie's going to whoop some ass. That's going to be Ooh. awesome. That's yeah. fun. I like that idea. Let's move over to the other story to line in the episode, which is Kevin and Cheryl. Now, Cheryl is full in <laughs> oh, my God. on her mom's ministry where, and this was kind of teased in a couple of interviews, I believe, but where Penelope is using it actually as a scam. Cheryl is into it. Like she yeah. legitimately believes what's going on. She's fighting. I mean, spiritual once healing you through it. drink your own brother's blood, I mean, you know, things mm. are going to get hazy. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, this first scene of uh, Cheryl walking in the red cloak, I was like, it was <laughs> one of the most beautiful shots in all of Riverdale. It was amazing. Yeah. Oh, it was great. So the cool. whole thing. I love the way they set that up as sort of a red Riding hood, big bad thing with Kevin. That, yeah. Awesome. That also brings up a good point. You know, maybe Riverdale is going to tackle, uh, you know, the Jesus. Uh, that's what the light was coming through the window. Tackle the Jesus. Oh, yeah. you think that was Jesus? You're saying yeah, you can't. That's right. You can't even accept Barchi to the point where you're like, that's Jesus walking in. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, as uh, a Barchi stat, I've already accepted Barchi as my Lord and Savior. So. Wow. 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 Hey, can't argue with that. I my memory is three seconds long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the storyline, just to, just very quickly, just overview of the storyline. So Kevin is having a hard time after his breakup with Fags. He's gone back yeah. to cruising in the woods. Yes. What well, is the yeah. cru- what is the cruising scene like in Riverdale at this point? It's someone needs to come in and organize it because it's too much deep woods wandering. Like yeah. there should be a more specific and like I think don't of the, know who the would wander around Riverdale like well, particularly just, that road where he was that didn't even look yeah. like the woods he's usually in honestly yeah. exactly and who else is there there's Fangs and Moose and that's it and we see them <laughs> in an apartment in this episode so they're not out cruising so who's yeah, Kevin waiting no. for there's a lot of random truckers that come and go as we know that's true how much trucking is going through Riverdale there's certainly a lot yeah. and those truckers are ready to. Murder, fight, and drink. <laughs> They're like, oh, wow, this diner has a club behind it? Got to stop here for a while. That's the power <laughs> of the CB radio. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So this storyline, though, uh, Kevin is dealing with his own trauma, which is a breakup with Fangs. He thinks he did a terrible things. Cheryl is trying to get him into the ministry. He doesn't really like it at first, but does Walked take her advice first. to... Yeah, to apologize to Fags, and that's where we get to see quarantine slash, to your point, Pete, Jesus Moose, Jesus Moose, straight up, is there seemingly dating 
fangs. They've got a yeah. baguette and maybe some sort of like olive oil dip or something like that. I don't know. He's holding As it. Kevin says later, he caught them having wine and cheese. Wine and a cheese, true, yeah. true decadence. I mean, what did you think about the fact that we have uh, Moose has become Jason Moose Moa and is maybe <laughs> headed toward being an Aquaman of some sort? Yeah. I do love that they got Cody Kearsley mid-quarantined. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to cut my hair or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is where uh, I've been for the past No, they probably half. saw him with that and was like, no, 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 keep it. It, it was uh, fun. Right. I didn't recognize him at all until they said his name. Truly, I was like, I don't know who this is. For a second, I thought it was Jason Momoa, but uh, no, it was not. Um, it was I just like, a beard. Do, do you think Kevin's breakup with Fangs was worse? Because he sort of says this, was worse than the breakup with his own internal organs mm. at the farm? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think so. Like, I it definitely so. hurt him more. He was pretty cool with having his kidney taken yeah, out. Yeah, he did, never talked about that. You know? And though, uh, as somebody pointed out to me on Twitter today, there is a difference between the ministry and the way that Cheryl is treating it and a cult that Edgar Everett had ever run, at least right now. We'll see, I guess, where it goes. But at the same time, it God is very it, surprising Kevin. to me. Yeah, that Kevin's like, yep. Here we go. Let's I just, I, I was like, well, you can't just keep doing this to Kevin, guys, right? You guys can't keep doing this to Kevin. Kevin you and can. Cheryl. But yeah. I mean, Kevin had to walk in on Moose and Fangs. Like, oh. Oh, that part. Not him joining a cult part. Well, and the him joining the cult after he's joined the cult and been in a farm and well, lost his organs he's, and. He's joining this cult as the uh, artistic director. So it's a little more of a creative role. That is the actual title he has. And yes. they sing a, a well-done song from Jesus Christ How Superstar. How many artistic directors do you think churches have? Like, do you think that's a normal uh, thing? Several. I love, though, that Cheryl's solution where he's like, I feel like I'm getting nowhere in my life. I wanted to be in New York. I wanted to be on Broadway instead of teaching at the school. I was named teacher of the year. This is what my life is like. And Cheryl's like, you know what? I'm going to give you a worse job performing yep. for prisoners. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sounds yeah, good. All the people in that Fuck, church. We like, get to do it? musicals. Yes, we do. Kev, I'll be there. I'll take it. Seeing them where the Cheryl read was, it was too much. I, I would, I, I really Beautiful. feel poor Kevin. I love Penelope in that scene, though. Just she is chugging so put the off. wine in the background. <laughs> just like so funny. chugging blood. Just she in hates the background. It. Hates it so much. She's like, this was my scam, and they've made it into a real thing, and now I'm mad. But what's the scam? She's trying to win, get like eight fifty from the uh, the collection <laughs> plate. Yeah, something yeah, goes around eight fifty a day. I don't know. And it, this church seems to have hours every day, all day. Who cares? Let's just pop over to the I Blossom Mansion. I think they mansion. sleep in the pews, and then they wake them up for do, for service. The one thing that I will also say about this storyline, though, and legitimately, I am actually a Shoney stand. This storyline. <laughs> oh, you can't. Hey, boy who cried wolf. You can't. <laughs> you can't throw your stands around and then come home and say, like, oh, I'm, this is. No, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. The boy who cried stand. This <laughs> storyline doubled out on the fact that Shoney is getting back together. 100%. There were so many mm. mentions of Tony, Cheryl talking about her regrets. The advice she was giving was not just advice to Kevin, it was, it was advice that she was giving to herself for Tony when Tony eventually returns. We're going to see a conversation. Between them, I'm sure, given it's Riverdale, a million things will happen between now and then, and there might be some swerves. But I think ultimately the direction that we are heading in right now, as we've been speculating all season long, is Cheryl and Tony getting back together or at least edging 
towards getting back together. I think that's the whole ministry thing here is about Cheryl getting back in the world legitimately, about healing, about dealing with her trauma. I'm curious to see how dark and weird it gets because, again, Riverdale and that's sort of what happens. But that, to me, is where we are in the story right now. And this episode really seemed to drive that point home. Yeah. Uh, I think so. I don't know, man. I think you're reaching a little bit, but I I hear you. I hear you. Let's run through and talk about any other big moments or points. One thing that I wanted to call out, uh, we got to see Frank and Archie eating cinnamon toast crunch extremely loudly. Hard just to taking it down. My God. That was a lot. Well, have you seen the commercial? Those things attack and they like eat. So you got to eat them quick. I also wanted to mention that at least initially, all of the folks that Veronica and Reggie were selling to were all people who were tied in. There was a Mr. Mamet for David Mamet. Yeah, there there was was. a Mr. Stone for Oliver Stone. And I think there were a couple of others, but I may have forgotten to write them down. Um, What else? What else did you guys find Um, that you wanted to call out? Uh, Archie called um, Vegas his best friend, spitting in Jughead's face yet again. Yeah. Oh, and I had that thought too. You can, you like, can have more than one best, best friend. friend. You no. can say like one of my best friends is how he should. He have didn't. Ordered. He said he said Vegas was my best friend. He didn't say my best dog friend. Maybe well, Jughead probably, was his he best. He probably dog met friend. when he was a little kid. You know, before he nope. kind of. Jughead loses again. And was this episode, did this episode feature the weirdest title drop in the entire series? <laughs> with the barking dogs? With the, like, they get a dog and it's just a quiet moment and then the title <laughs> flashes on the screen. Uh, well, did you hear that? The title flashes on the screen and then there were barking dogs beyond the title. It was the Riverdale stag and it was going, burp, yeah. burp, 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 burp. very weird. Maybe it's a clue. <laughs> it's very weird. The whole dog thing was real weird. I don't know. Pete, anything you wanted to call out before we move to some tweets and questions and theories? Yeah, I just I really could have used a lot more of Tabitha and uh, uh, Betty on the old CB kind of getting into it, having some fun, doing some like breaker breaker one nine stuff, you know, but mm, that would have just a lot got of sense. just a little bit. And it just felt like we really, really should have got more on that. That would have been you really should get fun. a ham radio, Pete. You could do that <laughs> yeah. all day. Yeah, I, you would love I that. They're mostly made out of ham. Well, that's a common misconception. Uh, you okay, may be yeah, surprised when you get it. it. Okay, you might be surprised right. when you get it. A uh, little ham <laughs> is actually involved. <laughs> Let's move on to some questions and theories and comments here. This is from Caitlin Reese, LOL. Veronica and Reggie definitely still have the chemistry, and it seems like they'll get together again. IMO. I think we disagreed 100%. on that, but I, I think we've but talked But only about one of us is right. And if you can see the relationship blossoming, come on. I'm like I'm like the matchmaker on this podcast. Oh mm-hmm. boy. Shameless 30 SRVD says thoughts on the Barchi crumb, Archie Nightmare and Window of Light. We talked about that. Also, my theory for next week, we find out Jughead's trauma was about being stuck in a sewer with the rats. Rat King, he wrote about it at least a while on. Pick is what I got from his computer screen. Uh, I can read that here. I think this is a couple of people wrote this down. This was the crazy novel that he wrote while he was high on maple mushrooms. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. And I I haven't verified the accuracy of this, but this is what uh, this person sent in. People blank me blank the truth. The Rat King isn't real. That you made him up. They think blank fell into the tunnels and was stuck for four days. They want me to believe that someone came looking for me, that blank without me, but they were wrong. I was next in line to the Rat King's blank, and the only person who believes me is the Mothman. I should follow the Mothman now out of the rat-infested sewers in the city of nightmares into the glorious sky with my Moth blank. 
All of a sudden, Betty said, you lost me forever and vanished before my eyes. I began to cry. I had to blank forward and leave the sewers for Betty. I kept going all the way to the end of the tunnel. Suddenly, I came upon a ladder. I stared at the ladder and then looked up and saw that a blank manhole cover way out of the tunnels. I could not stay in the tunnels any longer. It reminded me too much of Betty. So I climbed and climbed my way to the, to the top. I emerged covered in filth. It was daytime. I could tell by looks from strangers that I did not blend into them with the regular city goers. I blank in an alley and hid. And after a while, the blank found me. They took me blank. Oh, how awful it felt to be that lonely. Wow. And, and Jughead's hot dog agent is like, perfect. The New Yorker wants it. <laughs> <laughs> All I needed was pages. Didn't say what needed to be on them. That was very well read, Alex. Thank um, you very much. And truly, what? <laughs> it got better. It got better. It got better. I, oh, what are you? No, I, do think, I do think we know that he got trapped in a tunnel, right? Like there's something with a subway tunnel. But I, I bet like there's the something. I bet he's he's started to live under there. I bet he will. He's going to encounter some sort of population. He creates some sort of underdale in New York City, and where he can truly <laughs> have space to write his death. No. Do you think he did I, some sort of like connected to New York type thing with cardboard, where he created a cardboard Riverdale and the White Worm and the yep. uh, sex bumper bunker and everything? Yeah, because what's like once you're in the sewers, your sex bunker has to be super deep. <laughs> I, I like the idea uh, of a sex bumper better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I just got to set up some you sex ask for that at the desk when you go bowling. Otherwise, they won't put it in. Oh, OK. Yeah. I'm horrible at sex. So I have to put in sex. Bumpers. I got some bumpers. <laughs> it helps. It helps. Fewer gutter balls, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't. Um, I, I would like to say, though, that it makes me happy that when he was in the dark, he thought of Betty because Dark Betty is, uh, you know, <laughs> we got to see more of it. And I'm excited. Well, I also thought it. of tunnels, so interpret that how you want to. Wow. Um, Whoa, I come on, think, Zalvin, be better. I think a lot of Jughead's trauma is uh, like he doing drugs. I think he sort of slipped out of society when he was in New York, so was living under the ground. And uh, he will probably, I think he blames Betty for that a little bit, uh, sort mm-hmm. of pushing him off his axis. And I think he's going to deal with that, but I, I still would be surprised if they can turn that back into a relationship between Betty and Jughead. Um, I really hope that, like, we get, like, a, a little bit more of this episode at some point. Like, I would love to if it at the kind of, like, um, the chainsaw moment we got to see where, like, maybe there was a bat. Like, he opened up his truck side panel and there was a bat. There was, like, a knife. And then he was like, mm-hmm. no, no, I'll go for the chainsaw. Wait, what are you talking about here? We were just talking he's, about Jughead. He's shifting to something. I, I, <laughs> completely okay. shifting gears. I right. thought that Anytime changed we like a trucker. Like a yeah. trucker shifting gears. Exactly. But Pete shifted from 18th gear to reverse without right. any break in between. <laughs> yeah. uh, whenever we talk about Bughead not happening, Pete panics and starts talking about something different. <laughs> Let's move on then to at ANRVF4 uh, says, what do you guys think Betty and Tabitha's next move is with the trucker they've kidnapped? And also, do you think it will link back to Jughead? And probably mm. given that he left in a truck for New York is, I assume, well, the implication. Hopefully here. they'll find dr- uh, Jughead in this like silo where they keep people from the road. <laughs> I think it's I think it's unrelated. I think. Jughead got oddly got into another truck, and that's how he um, got back to New York. And this guy yeah. is oh, you some think sort Jughead of got in and out of truck, no problem. Yeah, he got a free ride to New York. Well, let me throw this one out to you because this is tied in. This is from at underscore Ryan Schmidt. Do you think the trucker Betty and Tabitha caught is the trucker who took Polly? Ooh, 
I'm going to say I sort of do. You do. Okay. Why do you yeah. think so? Well, because he is a crazy murderer. <laughs> like, <laughs> are they going to say this guy's an unrelated Just chainsaw unrelated. dude? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, and like, I'm not saying that's or out it of could the, be the possibility. Trash bag killer. Um, but I do think I, I think that story is going to move forward a little bit because I do think that um, we probably want to see Polly again soon, so we don't forget about it. There aren't that many episodes left this season, and I do think. Betty, through this search for Polly and dealing with this crazy person, I think she has to face whatever happened to her and Trash Bag Killer, uh, that whole situation. Because I think she is throwing herself into danger to the point that she has to fix um, that situation. Do you think she's on the highway to the danger zone? Is that what you just said? Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, I could see a place where there's more of them, that it's not necessarily a cult, but like it's a yeah. ring of truckers who like murdering women, and he's just one of them. So maybe... Mm. He doesn't know anything about Polly because I could see a place where next episode she's torturing this guy. She's torturing this guy. She's torturing. She goes too far and ultimately doesn't actually get the answer that she wants or doesn't get the closure that she wants. What do you think about this, though? What if it's a a switch where you you think it's going to be Betty, but Tabitha goes too far? Oh, because oh, wow. she's like, I got to be like Betty. I got to let know, me get... throw something else at you that just sort of occurred to me while I was watching the episode. There's been a lot of theories online that I, honestly, I think are kind of baseless about Betty being pregnant this season. I don't know what anybody is basing it on other than the fact that she eats a lot of stuff on the show. Like she had some fries one episode and she had oh. a milkshake another and she was eating no, smartphone. That's I'm bullshit. sure there's more evidence. I haven't really looked into it much. But Brad Pitt gets to eat all over the place. Nobody says none. She has one fry and you're going to be like you're exactly. pregnant. And it was covered that's in bullshit. maple mushrooms. So everybody calm down. But what yeah. if the big move for Betty at the end of the season is not that she has a baby, but she gets arrested? What if she gets thrown in jail? Like she legitimately goes too far with the trash bag killer or somebody that's kind of what Glenn was saying to her in this episode. And she ultimately ends up at a place where she is in prison. Uh, or I mean, I she's see running the FBI. <laughs> yeah. One of the two. Yeah. <laughs> Highs and lows. What do you think for your theory about the, um, the ring of killers? How does that conversation get started when you, to get to form well, the first ring? you're at coyote ugly and you're like, man, this is good, clean fun. Another person's like, yeah, but you know, it'd be fun is if well, we just grab people off the road and torture them for a while. Yeah, you're right. Well, they already set up. What do they call the Craigslist on Riverdale? Like Craigslist or something like that. Something Whatever like it that. is. Yeah. You post out there and you find some people. You go to a forum, find people who like the same things. Like that's how I found the same people who really like watching the light go out of people's eyes in hospitals. <laughs> oh I God. meet up with a couple of buddies. Stop. We go there. Why would just... you call that back, you fucking creepy? <laughs> A lot of really Slide. powerful game moves from Alex's here's, episode. Here's Seeing people die just, and standing everything. Why? <laughs> you are the worst person. Thank you, you so ha- much. I will say, Alex, you have been a light leaving people's eyes stand for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a couple more here just to run through them. So know. this is from Track Arun Hipster Moose. That's it. Oh, there's actually a little bit more. <laughs> Will Moose and Fags have anything to deal with Midge's death? Has Margaret Baduke Moose been in contact with Donna? My bigger question is, do you think we're ever going to see Moose again this season? Because <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think no. I'm going to say no. no. I think they might because they all want to try to be friends. Uh, I think we'll see Moose a little bit and then it'll fade away. And then we're going to get Kevin and Fangs back together because come on. 
Um, I don't know. I bet we will. I bet we will see Moose again. I don't think we're going to deal with any uh, Moose continuity from back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. I also think I don't know if Fangs or Kevin are going to get back together. We know that what it seems like Fangs and Tony never are probably going to be co-parenting on, the baby. And I yeah. think Kevin's going to kind of be on his own path, would be my guess. But as long as he has a path, I think that's good. I think Absolutely. he needs to get up and out. We got one last one here, and this isn't even about this episode, but I think it's worth discussing. This is from Walking Dane. Majin Amick said in an interview she will get a new love interest, I believe in season six, one we know already. And he takes Frank Hiram, Sheriff Keller, or maybe Mr. Weatherby? I would say uh, it's Sheriff Keller or Jack Dunkel. Yeah, I think it's Jack Dunkel, Frank. I think so, too. I uh, I don't know about you guys. Got very upset hearing that because I think. What? Uh, Alice should be with FP and otherwise but keep he's, herself. He's gone. He's, he's gone. She can F-Palace have some fun over. until F Palace comes back in. Come on. I like, mean, here's why? here's a clue. What's a what's a reason why um, Frank and Alice would be spending time together? Like, is there any sort of relationship um, the, happening that might draw adults? them together? Oh, oh, I see what you're getting. Because I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you remember in the streets of Riverdale. I don't remember, but the reason one of the reasons why you saw a lot of FP and Alice is because Jughead and Betty were dating. And if you're trying to tell me that maybe we're going to see a lot of Frank and Alice. Sounds like we're going to see a lot of B A R C H I E, son. Oh, well, I'll throw this out at you. What welcome, if? To, <laughs> welcome to Fralis. Oh, no. <laughs> what if instead we get the introduction of F.P. Jones' identical twin, G.Q. Jones? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's He's not very same. Oh, that's a Stephen Urkel, Stefan Urkel situation. One hundred percent. Wow. You stepped into that machine, came out super suave. That would be amazing. Uh, be I think we amazing. got a, a jacked Uncle Fralis situation coming our way. Yeah, I think if anything, no, I'm that really hoping what Salman said happens because that would just make me like really. It's just going to make me Riverdale. angry every time. I I actually like Uncle Frank, but seeing them together, oh, it's going to make me so mad. <laughs> All right, before we wrap up here, though, who was the MVP of this episode? Pete, let's go to you first. This is tough. I mean, you want to say the chainsaw. <laughs> you say that every episode. You want to say <laughs> the chainsaw. Yeah. Um, man, yeah, you got to go with Betty, you know, just because she was really phenomenal once again. And who can throw a wrench like that? Nobody ever. I mean, Nolan Ryan, maybe, but like that Nolan was Ryan. that was unbelievable. That throw was unbelievable. If Chuck anyone, Norris, if, I don't even think I've seen Chuck Norris do anything like that. That was if anyone who listens to this podcast can will know who Nolan Ryan is. Please hashtag <laughs> hashtag I know Nolan Ryan and respond to us. Um, I'm going to give it up for um, I'm going to give it up for Reggie and uh, Veronica. I thought that was that's the most. Two. That's two. That they are. One. They are about to be one kid. No, that's, uh, just that's two separate people, up. man. No, uh, not for long, uh, because they're going to be getting together. I think, that's and I thought their scenes were very sweet. Together like that. There's very sweet. I thought it was fun. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I I was going to give it up uh, for Veronica because I really liked her in this episode. But since you already took her, I'll throw it out to Cheryl. I guess. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. Yeah. I always like Cheryl, the ew 
that's what, what did she say in terms of the wine and cheese? It was like, ew, that's reprehensible or something like that. Yeah. Very funny so she, line. She did have some great. Had a lot of modes. She was in a ministry. But she making coyote wear the red. I mean, come on. It looks good on him. And she still let him wear a button-down shirt under a V-neck sweater, which is his classic look. Let so. him. Classic Kev. <laughs> let him. Come on, so I appreciate She learned two musical numbers this episode. Okay? So she's, she's a pro. She's a pro. Exactly. If you would like to support us being pros, you can go to patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen and follow the show. At Riverdale Dark on Twitter, at Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you after dark. Rise up, all you uh, light go- going away behind people's eyes stands. <laughs> the king has arrived. Oh, no. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.